Laura Tanigawa, and I'm proud to be a woman in construction management at San Francisco Public Works. Currently, my role here is acting bureau manager for the Public Works Building Design and Construction, Construction Management Bureau. career of civil engineering. I think it came off of a high school survey of what kind of career would be best for me and engineering came up. So I signed up for engineering at college and my first internship was in engineering at PUC and I, I just kept going from there. What appealed to me about engineering was I thought I was going to be outside a lot, building things and fixing things and, um, you know, building things for people, for people to use and enjoy. This is everything I could want in a job, I think. I, I go around a lot saying, I think I have the best job in the whole city. And um, maybe it, what I mean is it's the best job for me because I'm working in the city where I grew up, where I was born and grew up. I'm building things for the people here in this city, my city. And everywhere I go, every project I work on, I think, wow, I remember what that used to look like when I was a kid. And at the end of the project, you get to see the people come in and enjoy that new thing that you built. Like at the Southeast Health Center opening, it's amazing. All these people come and the mayor cuts the ribbon and people come in and they use the space that we got to work on. It's fabulous. The work I do is important because it keeps the city running. It keeps the city beautiful. We employ people locally here. We really try to employ the local people. It keeps the city vibrant. We're renewing all the buildings in the city, the parks, the community centers, the pools, the libraries. It's a huge part of what makes this city such a great place. One of the most influential people in my career was Albert, Albert Coe. He was our bureau manager up until about a year and a half ago, and now he's city engineer. We've worked together for, I, I don't know how many years, over 20, I assume. And seeing his level of energy and his level of dedication and working with him closely while he led our construction management group, and before that, when we were working on projects together in the field, it really inspires me to look out for our group, look out for our department, look out for our people, and make sure that everybody's being as productive as they can, that they're getting what they need to do their job, that they're happy, you know, that we're supporting them. I think about how Albert helped me succeed, and I, that's what I try to do now for our people, now that I'm running the group. Albert was always really positive for us every day. You come in, he's up, he's on, he's go, go, go. He's always asking us, 
what are you working on? Here, here's something hot today. Get this done. And he was always really enthusiastic and supportive. You know, like when you have a problem, when you don't know how to get something done, when you're overloaded, he was always there for us. He always backed us up. I think women are way better off now than when I started. I started in 1986. Okay, I'm dating myself here. It's been over 30 years. And when I started, there were rules for women. Like, I remember the day my boss told me he didn't like how I was dressed in the office. He thought I should wear a skirt. And that was normal back then. I mean, I had no idea that this was inappropriate or that there were resources to make things more fair. Maybe there weren't resources, I don't know. And as being a woman out in the field in construction, I think I was the only woman out there. And I was new, I was young, I was petite. <laughs> I was probably too nice <laughs> and Sometimes guys gave me a hard time. And same thing, I didn't really know there was any other way, any resources, I'd say, in the main office to help me deal with these things. So I dealt with them in my own way. And that was fine. It worked for me. But now I realize, here we are, 2022, with all the training and the support, I really see the difference in what women can achieve when it's a level playing field, opportunities are the same, rules are the same for everybody. I don't think I would be bureau manager if I had the skills that I have, but it were 1986. In hindsight, I think he was looking out for me in a weird way, that he was trying to tell me to look more professional in his view, what professional was back then, and that he wanted me to fit in. So I cut him some slack for that. He's long gone. But I think I've learned over the years to look at things in different ways and try to see things from other people's point of view and to try not to take offense so quickly at things. The intent to me is really important. Did they mean offense? Did Is it a really a criticism or in some way are they trying to help whether we take offense i think is our choice you know it depends a lot on how you interpret the other person's intentions when i first started out i wish i had known you can't expect to be treated the same as everybody else, because you look different. You're obviously a woman. You're probably smaller than the guys. And I think if you go in expecting to have little problems, it's easier than not expecting it and then being surprised or caught off guard. So have an action plan in mind. What are you gonna do when you come into a meeting and the man you're supposed to meet with doesn't recognize what your role is and they assume that the guy who's standing behind you is in charge when he's not. What are you going to do? 
you step in, you put out your hand, you introduce yourself, you shake the guy's hand, you look him in the eye and get his attention. And if you're well prepared for whatever the discussion is, you make it known who you are, what your role is, and eventually people catch on. You have to believe in yourself, okay? You go out there and you believe in yourself. And that's a huge tool in teaching other people who you are. I have a time limit, an unofficial time limit for myself, how long I'll put into explaining to this person that I'm in charge. And if I realize that it just doesn't go into that person's head, I can accept that. You know why? Because I have a job to get done and I don't want to waste my time changing how this person thinks. So I will get a guy who works for me and I'll put him out there and say, okay, this guy's in charge. And then I can explain to our own people what I want done, what decisions I expect, what the priorities are. And he can communicate easier with this other person. And then everybody's happy. We're getting the project done, communication's easier. And unfortunately, it's sort of a patch for dealing with how other people think. But you gotta pick your battles, right? Sometimes when I have to put a proxy out there, which is rare, it's just a tool in the toolbox. When I put a proxy out there to communicate better with somebody who has their own mental barriers, I sort of feel sorry for the other person because I think they're limiting how they see the world. They can't see as many possibilities. They have their own filters, outdated filters. <laughs> and what does that mean for their daughters, their co-workers who may not have be getting the same opportunities? I don't know. It's 2022. It's time to open your mind a little more, you know? Like I said, you can't take offense all the time. It's bad for your soul to go around taking offense a lot. As far as opportunities for women in engineering, when I started, when I was in school, I noticed every time I walked into a new course, I would count, I could easily count how many women were in that lecture room. And it was about one in 20 and didn't look at real data, but I assume it was about one in 20 when I graduated. And now where we are in engineering here in construction, gosh, I think we're almost half or a third. We see a lot more women applicants coming in um, into the intern program and applying for the entry-level jobs. So the opportunities for women in engineering, in construction, and in this department have gone way up. I think the shift has a couple elements. The shift of how many women are in engineering and construction. One is out of our control. It's how many women are entering the engineering programs in school. And then when we get to our point in the process in hiring, we are encouraged to try to keep the applicant pool diverse. And so 
we try to interview more women or get a good mix of women in the interview pool and give people a chance. And then once they're here on the floor in our group, we try to give everybody the same opportunities, you know, the same interesting projects, mix of projects, opportunities to grow. And the more women we bring in, the more women can move up and take on management jobs and they can continue that process of reaching out, doing the outreach, looking for the best candidates in all groups of people. What I would tell young women or potential engineers who are looking at the field is it's a huge field. It's very broad, especially civil engineering. And be open to possibilities to, yeah, sure, do the math, do the physics, and just get in there and get started. And as you grow, as you progress through it, as you do your internships, as you do that, your horizon, your, your view of the field will broaden so much. And then you can look for your, for your niche, you know, where you want to specialize. And I would tell them that every day of my life, pretty much every day, over 30 years, I come in here and I think, wow, I'm so lucky. This is a fun job. I think people hear that a lot from me. This is fun. <laughs> We're having fun. Problems are fun. You know, solutions are fun. Challenges are fun, especially in construction, because it keeps you present. You know, it's, it's live. It's happening right now. People are out there building stuff. They're waiting for solutions. You know, you're working with a team on real-time issues, and you might not see it, you know, when you're looking at your textbooks in college. You won't see how fun it is out here, but get started. Just get in there and get started. You can do it. You're just as good as the guys, if not better. <laughs> we have, women have, you know, soft skills that are different from men's. And sometimes that's an advantage. One thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is what our purpose is. Everybody's got a life. What are we doing with it? You know, maybe it's you've got a job or you're raising kids or you're taking care of somebody. Well, what happens after the kids are gone? What happens after your job's finished? What are we doing? Are we just going to go out and enjoy life? Well, you know, that's a thing, right? <laughs> go out and do your vacations, have a nice dinner. And I think, is that it? And I, I'd say my mantra or my, maybe my question that I ask a lot of myself is what's our purpose? I think what our purpose is, is to contribute to society. I've heard this from a lot of different sources. We should all do our best to be a good person, contribute to society, be part of the whole. That's what we're all here for. Be part of the whole. 
Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a public works podcast. 